Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Another day, another unknown. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever happens, Comcast Business will keep you ready with a network that can deliver gig speeds to the most businesses. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. Get started with a great offer from Comcast Business. And for a limited time, ask how to get a $650 prepaid card with a qualifying bundle when you buy online. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 9-21-21. Call or go online for details. Well, we have the great Tucker Carlson joining us. We have the news as well. Also going to have some live shows coming up, Minneapolis, Acme Comedy Company, August 27th and 28th. So uh, that's around the corner. Royal Oak Music Theater, September 10th, Kansas City at the uh, Arvest Bank Theater. That's September 11th. You go to adamcarolla.com for all the live shows. We're going to be with Adam Ray at Solana Beach at the Belly Up, September 22nd. Just go to adamcarolla.com doing live shows in Chicago and everywhere else. And you can watch all our new material on our Pluto TV channel. We've got eight episodes, brand new and free, available of uh, Going Racing with Adam Carolla on our Chassis channel, 687 on Pluto TV. And let me tell you about LifeLock. Before you uh, pack your bags for summer travel, you need to protect your personal info. Update your devices with the latest security patches, change passwords, and avoid public Wi-Fi. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day, we put our info at risk on the Internet. In an instant, cybercriminals could steal what's yours and uh, harm your finances and your credit. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your Social Security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they will send you an alert. It's LifeLock, right, Dawson? No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can keep what's yours, yours, with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code ADAM. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use promo code ADAM for 25% off. Give me the news with crap. News with Gino Grad, breaking viral, weird crime protest politics. Give me news with Gino Grad, stuff they saw on TMZ, Joe Biden, Kamala. Meet news with Gina Gino The news with Gina Grad. Well, the news last week was anything but quiet. So let's dig into some of the stuff that broke uh, last week and stuff that's breaking now. After 20 years of the U.S. trying to keep peace in Afghanistan, Taliban fighters took control of Kabul on Sunday and they did it with the quickness. I mean, we started pulling out and within what? Less than a week. They totally took over. U.S. troops were working to evacuate thousands of American diplomats and Afghans from the U.S. embassy after the president, Ashraf Ghani, he fled. 
he left uh, and left the uh, presidential palace to be seized by the Taliban. Uh, meanwhile, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby says there are approximately – and we have some footage. I don't know if you've seen it, but it is it is harrowing to say the least. Um, this is a, an Air Force plane trying to get off the runway with people literally not just running after it, running next to it, clinging to the sides of the plane – I think seven people died. One, at least one guy fell from the sky clinging to the side of this plane as it took off. big transport. How many people do you think could fit in there? Oh. Well, the vehicles. Yeah, Yeah. 350 or something. But there are probably no seats in it. It's probably all just... pack them in. uh, You'd have to stand in there yeah. I, I don't know it's like uh, made for what artillery the? and vehicles I yeah imagine, right? as much as people. they're trying to get as many people out as quickly as possible uh 2500 u.s troops there now six thousand arriving in the next few days attempting to get you know translators people that were working for the government and people working for the u.s are trapped there and the taliban is uh ain't friendly with them so they're doing oh. what they can to get them out also well there's i always have two thoughts one is everyone's like <laughs> What are we doing? What's Biden doing? He's pulling the people out to tell them they're beheading women. Now they're cutting the hands off of kids and throwing acid in the face. It's like, well, yeah. What's the Taliban doing? That's, I got a <laughs> bigger doing question. They're the things you're right. talking about. They do. What year is it? What's going on? And I've been saying this for years. And it, it's, I, I know, you know, we already have the UN, but that's. The U.N. isn't fantastic. We we literally need sane states and insane states and the sane states. At some point, we just have to all move in and just go, sorry. Well, whatever we're doing to Britney Spears. <laughs> we'd have to change the involved. our conservatorship. <laughs> we just go, look, you're not capable yeah. of running yourselves here. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I know it's a cultural thing or something, but I, I'm sorry. There must be. Some rules involving that govern humanity, and you guys are so far past all that that it's now there's an intervention. Well, you're you're yes. Steve O. Fourteen years ago, <laughs> hanging off Johnny the, uh, Knoxville yeah. and Doctor Drew are kicking in the front door. Right, right. we're showing up. You're, you're hanging off a billboard. Your teeth are long gone. Oh, yeah, right. Well, and to your point, we were there. Well, and. Western nations, Germany, UK, US, there for almost 20 years, a trillion dollars spent training their army, training their military. And I I was searching every, I've been obsessed with this for the last few days because my mind's just spinning over it. How did this happen so fast? What happened to all these trained soldiers? And the only one answer I could find was morale. Low morale. Oh, really? And once they hear that another town's been taken, the soldiers just kind of deflate and give up. And it's just – it's a morale thing. Well, we also have this big mistake, which is we just assume everyone wants freedom and everyone wants liberty and everyone wants equal rights and everyone – that's that's our thing. And, uh, you know – Many parts of Europe. It's not the Universal. thing. It's our thing. Now, we treat it like, uh, you know, it's, it's it's basically like when I find someone who likes passion fruit iced tea more than regular iced yeah. tea. I can't, it's confounding to yeah, me. I can't understand it. And I keep thinking, if I just gave you regular iced tea and put some lemon, you would thank me. Freedom tea. No, they bash you over the head with the fucking cooler. <laughs> they don't want it. Well, I'll never forget however many years ago when Dennis Prager was in there and we asked him that question about people universally wanting wanting freedom. And he said, we think people ultimately want to be free. They want to ultimately be taken care of. 
Right. And that always stuck with me. And for people who say, well, why isn't the media reporting that these, you know, civilians are now saying death to America, death to America? Well, I read up on that too. They're stuck there. What are they supposed to say? They're trying to save themselves. Fit in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's very scary. I'm sure we'll have updates on that. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk Cuomo, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, the latest. He's still around. Yes. He gave himself a 14-day. Uh, oh, he gives two weeks Yes. He has a fortnight. All of New York State's 450,000 healthcare workers in hospitals, nursing homes, and other settings have to get vaccinated for coronavirus by September 27th. You know what's weird with the Cuomo story is there's plenty of stories about you know, backing the wrong horse. Mm, like, you sure. know, Avenatti goes on the view, they all faint oh, and swoon, swoon, and then later on turns out to be a huge <laughs> trash bag. Fine. Uh, shit happens. Yeah. I get it. But the thing that was funny about Cuomo is you have all these people from a year ago going, I'm a Cuomo sexual. They're literally saying <laughs> sexual. That. They're yep. putting it into that mm-hmm. context. You have all these people going, I may be a Cuomo sexual. He's a Cuomo sexual. <laughs> I'm go- a pepper. He's right. a pepper. And everyone's, everyone's doing that thing. And now it was the sexual yeah. part that got him. Bang. <laughs> he was a homosexual. Right. So And the of course the the Chiron scene around the world, I'm not a pervert, I'm just Italian, which is on every t shirt now, everywhere if you Google it. Uh so the order I know what you guys are getting for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> The order I issued. I went to spatula. <laughs> Don't worry, I got that. The order issued by the state health department covers staffers at privately run public hospitals everywhere, almost no exceptions for medical or religious reasons. And this order has been put in place by Governor Cuomo. He's still the governor who's about to leave as uh, governor of New York. He announced last week he's resigning due to this sexual harassment scandal. Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul will become the first woman to lead New York. Uh, Cuomo's the third New York governor in a row to leave office under uh, scandalous circumstances. And I wish Kyle was here to do it for us. But here's a clip from Cuomo's resignation speech from last week. And wasting energy on distractions is the last thing that state government should be doing. And I cannot be the cause of that. New York tough means New York loving. And I love New York. And I love you. And everything I have ever done has been motivated by that love. And I would never want to be unhelpful in any way. And I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. Now, his brother, Chris, was, I guess, coincidentally on vacation Mm -hmm. uh, when this was announced. Yeah, he uh, unfortunately, I think he had took a had a little vacation before this vacation. Mm -hmm. But this one, I think, coincides with his birthday. But I found that interesting because. Not for the politics. I like to. I like to take deeper dives. So Chris Cuomo, I think, was at Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Evidently, everyone goes to Martha's Vineyard, but but me. Yeah. Um, and they and he was there, and you know he was leaving some store, and someone we followed him out to the parking lot, was filming him, harassing him. You know, it's the new world order. Uh, nothing much came of it. He didn't seem to say anything, but. What I noticed from that clip, it's it's around somewhere, Max Zapata. Uh, I always like to see what kind of vehicle a man drives. He 
Chris Cuomo. New York. New York. Well, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, New York. Oh, sorry. I thought it was in New York. Yeah. Uh, on uh, In Martha's Vineyard. But, uh, you know, him and Don Lemon, CNN, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, CNN has probably done... 700,000 climate change spots and hits and stories in the last four years. Yeah, it'd have to be a Prius or a Tesla. Ford Raptor. What? He's <laughs> driving <not> a trophy <laughs> truck. And it's not like he's out in Baja or something. He's in Martha's Vineyard. Nobody needs that. First off, you don't need that vehicle anywhere Unless you're mounting a machine gun to it and trying to take out the Taliban, like it, it is, it is way too much vehicle for any. It, as you know, when you see the guys driving around in the 200 mile an hour Lamborghinis, just kind of stuck in traffic, putting down PCH. It's 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 basically the off road version of that. Oh. You know, 36 inch tires and 10 inches of suspension travel I'm and stuff. It, it's, it's for going 140 <laughs> miles an hour in the desert. That's what that thing is for. So, as I always say, how are we going to fight this climate change thing if you got Chris Cuomo mm-hmm. who's done 7,000 stories on climate change d- driving a raptor in Martha's Vineyard and then you go to Malibu and we got James Brolin married yeah. to Barbara Bad. Streisand and he's in a raptor as well. Yeah. I feel like it would be like the uh the Jimmy couldn't, you know, what what beer he couldn't could not drink. Like if you work for CNN, you cannot drive a raptor. It was kind of a in a in a world where everything is optics all yes. the time. Uh-huh. I I it is kind of weird that they didn't say to him, yeah. get yourself a nice Tesla. Yeah, we can't tell yeah. you not to, but seems like a weird one. Yeah, I, I think we have the footage of oh, it uh, somewhere, Chris, whatever. But <laughs> it's a. T- it's a Tesla, and he's got an American flag like on it. And by the way, it's also funny because CNN will go, these guys driving pickup trucks with the American flag hanging from the back. They ain't getting tested. They don't, they're not getting vaccinated. Like He's got an American flag on the back of a big, beefy American uh, pickup truck. Are those truck nuts? <laughs> <laughs> I never suspected that. The chicks on the mud flaps. So, uh, Look at there that. There he is. He's driving a... He's driving a Ford Raptor. Whenever I see this, Gina, please get ready to to, to be excited. Mm-hmm. I always think of, I think it was at the very end of the run to the Sopranos when a uh, little soprano, uh, the, Anthony AJ, Jr. Remember, he was all about the environment. Yep, he I'm, was like, oh, you're killing the environment. Yep. And then he, they give him a Range Rover or a Hummer, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Range and he's Rover. like, no, that gets like 18 miles to the gallon. Like He's trying to justify it. But it's like, dude, you fucking want a nice car. It's because it's school. They're going to raz me for this. This is the real life version yep. you know, right. of, that, of right. that phenomenon. How do you even know that? I love it. I've seen every episode. Oh, wow. So, once. <laughs> what chance do we have of converting the masses See? if we cannot Whoa. get him or James Brolin into something a little more sensible? But James Brolin, I get. You know, J- James Rowland, James Rowland. Chris yeah. Cuomo, this makes no sense. But he's still married to Barbara Streisand. I know, but I love how different. I just, I love it. I'm fine with it, too. I just, I, I like I said, you'd think there'd be the optics conversation speaking of optics there's no way barbara has ever put her sweet ass in that raptor no way no way 
No. Uh, well, let's talk about something a little more heartwarming. A friend of yours, actually, Adam. A real major league sanctioned baseball game took place in the famous cornfield from the movie Field of Dreams over the weekend. And technically, it was 500 feet away. Uh, the MLB built a regulation field 500 feet, which we have a picture of them together, uh, from the field in the movie of uh, in Dyersville, Iowa. So the White Sox and the Yankees could play the Field of Dreams game, which was apparently the first MLB game ever played in cool. Iowa. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. The throwback uniforms are literally from the turn of the last century. The game was the most watched regular season MLB game in 16 years, almost 6 million viewers. Uh, the most streamed regular season baseball game in Fox history, Fox Sports history. MLB's commissioner has already signed on for another one next year in Dyersville. Kevin Costner, of course, kicked off the event. Long walk through the cornfield, beautifully shot with a, a voiceover. But when he finally got to the infield and saw the crowd and the two teams behind him, he gave a really beautiful speech. Here's the very end of it, about a minute. We've come to see the first place White Sox. Play the mighty Yankees. In a field that was once corn. It's perfect. We've kept our promise. Major League Baseball has kept its promise. The dream's still alive. There's probably just one question to answer. Is this heaven? I don't think I heard you. Is this heaven? Yes, it is. This this field is for the players. Good luck today. Yeah, no, no, no cards. No, he's a pro. And if you if you didn't quite catch what the uh, <laughs> crowd was was saying back to him, we have that clip. Very famous said, line. No, it's Iowa. There you go. That's right. I will play the clip. Can I ask you something? Is is this heaven? It's Iowa. There it is. Very, very cool. Still a great movie. Yeah. Costner. Overrated, but still great. You know what I mean? Like, it got a little too much at the time, and it's kind of sappy, but it's still a great movie. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't like movies where the dads play pets with their This has to be very tough for you. Yeah. Yeah. But Costner's so good. He's... uh, He's a, there's a lot more to Kevin Costner than, than people think. I, yeah. I think you just think he's kind of a well, I don't know. Obviously, he's well regarded, but I'm just saying there's a lot in that guy's head. He's a really interesting dude. Who do you think over the years, pound for pound, has been more well liked, Tom Hanks or Kevin Costner? I think Hanks, but you know, it's close. close. Yeah, it's close. And don't forget that Costner was the biggest star in the world for a good three year run. Yeah. Bodyguard and then this. Uh, he, he had a real, JFK. He had a huge oh, yeah. run. Yeah. He's a baseball guy. Bull Durham. Durham. Yeah. Chris made me a note, which is that the two times I went to his house, I got pulled Dance. over. <laughs> Dancing with wolves. Yeah. But of course, on the way home, when I got pulled over, and I was like, where are you 
such a hurry. I was, like, I was leaving Kevin Costner's house at a party. You can't the say that. The guy's like, how was that? <laughs> was like, Wait, how would you not sound super high if I was leaving Kevin Costner's? Yeah. That's yeah. a ticket. Yeah, I forgot I got out of those, uh, those tickets. That's but uh, yeah, super interesting guy with lots of thoughts. And quite an arm, right? Great arm, man. Throwing sunny 60-yard bombs out I wish, in the field. I wish I could think of other examples, but Kevin Costner is an example of that, that, that period. He's like a holdover from like old Hollywood where mm. you kept your opinions to yourself. I'd love to know what Kevin Costner really thinks about certain things, like what are his thoughts on the world or on whatever. But like, we know what he thinks about building permits. But he's, he's, he's <laughs> reserved, you know what I yeah. mean? Like he's, he's just the kind of guy who's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm good. We'll just move on. Yeah. He's probably on the conservative side. I'm sure he is, but that can affect your career if you start getting too mouthy about it. So I think (laughs) I think people just kind of keep it to themselves Mm. a little bit. Yeah, and this just popped into my mind. I've met him, by the way, not Kevin Costner, but this person I'm talking about. One of my favorite people to meet of all time. I wonder if if Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn have a bit of a Babs Brolin thing going on because they have a ranch, they raise cattle, <laughs> but like you think Goldie's this very sort of free wheeling, free spirit, you know, very liberal kind of hippie vibe. And I don't know if Kurt rolls that way. Well, there's a couple like precursors or a couple of, uh, I guess, sort of tells if guys are big into sports but played sports at like a fairly competitive mm, level sure. they're a little more conservative yeah. normally because it's like this is um this is no one gets out sure. there to play just because he's the coach's son or just because you know <laughs> Merit, somebody yeah. you got to be it's a meritocracy right. you know so they <laughs> so so certain things attract certain people like all the guys down at the track they're mostly all conservative guys because that's they're they're all guys who started a business, ran a business, made a bunch of money, buy a car, fix a car. Nobody's they want the best driver in the car, or they're going to have to. It's all it, it. There's no pie in the sky. No government like, didn't give me Nissan. Right, I feel this way, right. or in my heart, like there's just so when you start taking guys of that mm. ilk then you kind of know how they lean. Although we're calling them conservative. They're not even conservative. They're what people sort of used to be before everyone started down this sort of woke highway. And then if you kind of mix it like, you know, Leno, Seinfeld, Mm. Costner, if you also go, how come I never hear anything of those guys? Eh, Uh, Silence is deafening. (laughs) Yeah. there's uh, Hollywood folk do like to speak up. Yeah. On issues mm-hmm. traditionally, so if you don't hear anything from somebody, take that. That's as an, the message. That's an indicator. <laughs> yes, I'm going to give you a piece yeah. of trivia that uh, both supports and shits on both of your points. Oh, this is a great day. Uh, uh, Kurt Russell mm-hmm. was a good athlete. He, of course, you know, was a child star. Yeah. yeah, he was a minor league baseball player. He played for the team that his dad owned in, oh! Orange, in Oregon, dun, dun, dun. but he was good. And yeah. there's a documentary that Gene alluded yeah. to called The Battered Bastards of Baseball. It's great. Oh, yeah. It's excellent. It's on Netflix. I recommend it. Check it out. But you also, know who else played for his dad? Who? Uh, McKay. John McKay. Yeah, J.K. J- McKay. J.K. Yeah. That's trying to he think of a star I his name, right? He was kind of okay. J.K. McKay. Who's that? Uh, in, in, a, in a world where I go... You know, it's a meritocracy, mm-hmm. and no kid ever plays just because their dad's the head coach. 
There are a couple of exceptions, but the, Rivers. but the kid was good. Right. And uh, John McKay was a USC coach. I think it was an All-American. We're going to look that up. But J.K. McKay was good. Yeah, and his son played wow. for him, I, I think, at USC, and then went to Tampa or Definitely something. Definitely at SC, possibly Tampa. Was J.K. McKay also a Disney star in the 60s? <laughs> Not that I'm familiar with. Okay. had the looks. Yeah, see if J.K. McKay... Yeah, you're right. USC, then Tampa. And he played for his dad at yeah, USC? Yeah, Coach John McKay. Well, there you, there, you uh, there you have it. All right, let's do one more. Oh, good. Well, let's do another sports story. Uh, the New York Post reports that the Rams and Chargers fans commemorated their return to SoFi Stadium with a massive brawl in the yeah. stands on Saturday. A viral video shows... Oh, really? A, oh, my, I'm going to show you the whole thing. A viral video shows a Rams fan in an Aaron Donald jersey being pummeled by at least four other guys in the stands, I think... Also Rams fans. So wait, I, before you say yeah. this, there's another angle to this video. I'm going to... Oh, you got I, It's like Zabruder film. Don't worry. It, there shows other I got it. The fight, uh, which left this fan bloodied, lasted about a minute. Unclear what exactly started the altercation from the beginning, but we now have... Uh, we know what how the fight escalated to this, thanks to Crackpot Sports on YouTube giving the play-by-play. I'm going to let him do it because he does an excellent job. Crazy night at SoFi Stadium. As you can see, a, a fight's breaking punching. out. First time fans were allowed to watch a game live, and they're just oh having a good time. Yep. Yeah. Wait. Now, this is how it escalates. Watch this woman right here. She's waving her finger around. I, I really don't know what she's doing. Now she's looking around. Oh, here's a Coke. Maybe he's thirsty. Throws, throws it on, And the guy just turns around and starts swinging the guys behind him. He of didn't know what she happened. Right. He doesn't know who threw it. Before the Coke is thrown. Do you see this angle? Aaron Donald is... Arguing with these guys. Now, they look like they're all Rams fans. That's what I'm not understanding here. It's Ram on Ram crime. Yeah, it's true. And he's going. He turns around. And that's when the woman throws the Coke. And then he swats at him. He's punching him. Now, he's got the There's upper hand here. He's, he's got the, he's got the, the high, high ground. ground. Watch, watch, watch his butt. Watch the arrow right now. This guy starts pushing him in his butt. And he throws him, pushes him over. Which leads to this guy's demise. So the guy, it was actually a Charger fan. He didn't want to get trampled on, so he pushes the guy over. And people are throwing beer on him. Oh, still with the Jared Goff jersey. It's just crazy. Right. He's just getting they're the crap still, beat out of him now. The whole time he's talking, like, they're punching How much do you hate that woman? I guess I'm okay. Uh, I hate her. How much do you hate the woman? Well, couple, She's got to get banned. Couple the things. worst. First thing, you know, Vinny, you know, when he pulls up the shot of Woodstock. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> This, the, the sleek and the sinewy. You can see everyone's hips. Yes. You know, I mean, everyone is Rib 142 cage. pounds, yes. all the guys. Everyone is huge in this. I mean, I look. You can first see off, the ribs at Woodstock. I saw spare ribs. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't take much to get to morbidly obese, like clinically from mm-hmm. the body mass index mm-hmm. thing. Like, hey, if you're. 510 once you crack 214 pounds you're you're, you're, you're morbidly yeah. obese 86% of the humanity in the shot men and women were morbidly yes. obese not not husky not a little the, uh, not a little thick shows. they were morbidly obese yeah. so first things first what the hell's going on with everyone like everyone is so goddamn fat cuz there's a random group yeah. of people in the stands of a ball game and then secondly i well, first off, everyone gets punished because they go, all right, we got to cut the beer off after the first quarter now. So everyone's going to get Five their guys beer, thousands. beer cut off. Yeah. But uh, 
It's almost like we just can't have gatherings anymore. Like something is going wrong. <laughs> we tried a, that. For yeah, a year we tried that. We have two year. choices. We either, yeah, we either fight each other or we fight cops. Yeah, those are our two, or we fight stewardesses. Those, yeah. those are our three choices in the mm. gathering department now. It's true. Oh, I'm so glad you said stewardesses because a woman DM'd Brian and I and said she's a flight attendant and said from from her perspective there is no world in which a flight attendant is allowed to duct tape someone to a chair because everything is about safety like you have to have your seat up because what if there's a fire or something and you right. have you can't duct tape someone how would you get them out if there was a you know a fire or, or you know mechanical problem so bastard's got to burn yeah i guess it's also in a world where everyone is just filming everyone these guys, these diehard Rams fans or Chargers fans, they will be banned sure. from from the stadium probably in perpetuity. Well, I don't yeah. don't yeah. think they're coming they're back during the back. regular season, and maybe not for the next ten years. They're not a thirty get, game suspension. They're going to get a big time ban. Yeah. Everyone's just filming, you and you're just punching some random guy <laughs> from in, the same team in his sort of lat fat. That's kind yeah. of fat that builds up right where your lat's supposed sure. to be, like underarm fat. You just Maybe you're hurting him. Maybe you're not. I, I don't know what you're doing. You're just standing there getting. Everyone's getting soaked with coke, you know, and beer. beer. It's like really gotta yeah. drive home. There's, there's, there's a, a game going on. Yeah. You ostensibly are there to enjoy. And she threw to add insult to injury a full drink that had to be like fifteen dollars. Yeah. Right. Yes. People like that. That woman drives me insane. Yep. Like that, that. No dog in the foot. Literally. Right. And then just escalate. Just 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 stir shit. Yep. Yep. All right, let's bring it home. You got it. I'm Gina Grad, and that's the news. That's right. You absolutely want a nipple-sized penis. Gina, Gina Grad! That was the news with Gina Grad. All right, let me hit uh, Keeps. There's only two FDA-approved medications to prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. That's right, Keeps. It's a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair convenient. Virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months in discreet packaging. Low-cost treatments start at just 10 bucks a month. People, the hair's starting to thin. Now's the time. Intervene. Keep it. Once it goes, it's hard to get it back. Proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than its competitors. And uh, you can go on their website and check out the before and after photos. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results. So act fast. It's keeps. Right, Dawson? If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Adam to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash Adam. To get your first month free, keeps.com slash Adam. Well, according to uh, Max Zapata on the Internet, quarterback... For Tampa Bay back in the, this would have been like 77, 78, somewhere in there. 76. 76. Steve Spurrier yep. was the quarterback. And he didn't think J.K. McKay was as good as some of the other guys oh, out on the field. Of course he wasn't. <laughs> well, well, was, he, was he an All-American? I thought he was actually good. He, he, well, I he was. He was, a, MVP. He, was yeah. a, he was a standout in, uh, at USC. Yeah. Could have. Played in the pros, but uh, the, the old ball coach didn't uh, think he was up to snuff. <laughs> mm. So he used to throw him balls over the middle. I guess trying to get him. Oh, hurt. trying to get him hurt and get him off the team. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we've come a long way, baby. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with Tucker Carlson right after this.
Do you want to be a part of Adam's next book? Shit, yeah! Submit your questions for Ask an Asshole by emailing them to asshole at adamcarolla.com. Please include your name, age, and location. Ask about any topic you need the Ace Man's advice or answers on. That's A-S-K-H-O-L-E at adamcarolla.com. Tucker? Adam, how you doing, man? Good. All right. Let's uh, get into it. Uh, Tucker Carlson is on the line. The book, The Long Slide, 30 Years in American Journalism. And it's available now on Amazon, wherever you get books. So we'll... uh, get into the thesis of the book uh first off uh congratulations back from hungary in one piece yeah it was tough it was tough visiting a stalinist state you know where people can say whatever they want <laughs> without being fired <laughs> and the pastries are good too by the way i, I know on a diet that that was for me the main takeaway was weight yeah and, uh, i mean i ate probably on average 11 chocolate croissants every day i was there for eight days i'm not good at math but i think that's close to 90 my grandfather laszlo's from hungary and his uh sister bougie used to come over and bring pastries and just bake and bake so i'm familiar with the uh with the were they good yes they were always good and by the way when i was nine i was starving every second of the waking day so everything would have been good at that point or anything um so uh back we we can circle back to that but let's talk about the uh book for now and I, i think um the book and the way the book came about has a sort of interesting story. Why don't we uh, get into that? Well, I was under contract to do a second book for Simon & Schuster, and in the first week of January, I was up in Maine rabbit hunting, and someone called me and said they canceled Josh Hawley's book. So I thought, that was bizarre. So I called the editor, the head of the company, John Carp, and I said, is this true? Yes, it's true. I said, but for casting a vote that like plenty of Democrats have cast in previous elections. Why, why'd you fire him? Why'd you cancel his book? And he's like, because he's an insurrectionist, and basically the mob told us to. And I said, well, I think that's disgusting, and you're disgusting, and the whole point of being a publisher is you defend the free exchange of ideas. You're not partisan. You're beyond. You're above that. Like, you're the gatekeepers to America's intellectual life. Maybe you could, you know, uphold the freedom of speech. So I decided, since they were paying me money for the book, that I was implicated in this, and I had a moral obligation to to say something about it. So I reported out what Simon & Schuster did. I interviewed Carp and this woman, Dana Kennedy, who, who was the editor there, and, um, and I asked them over an hour-long conversation on Zoom, why did you do this? And they couldn't really answer, because the answer was powerful Democrats demanded that we do it. Uh, so I thought that was disgusting, and I told them I thought that was. I said I think you're disgusting and stupid, which they are, and um, and it kind of put them in a tough spot because they didn't, you know, they hate me, they, they hate the book, they didn't want to publish it, but it's tough from a PR perspective to cancel a book about how you've canceled other books. So I guess they decided to kind of write it out, um, and here's then that's where we are. But I felt good about it. I, I didn't want to participate in any way in that kind of behavior. Well, it's interesting. So you just got back from uh, Hungary. I just got back from a racetrack and uh, I was doing a vintage race. And and I tell me if this mirrors your experience at all, because this just happened to me. Uh, I've been going uh, every year for 15 years. 
uh, people recognize me. They come up. They say hi. They say man show. They say where the juggies. They say something about Loveline and Dr. Drew. Um, we didn't go last year because of COVID. They shut the whole event down. But this year, the same amount of people came up to me. But they didn't say anything about the man show or love line. They shook my hand with two hands and said, thank you for what you're doing. And I said, uh, I'm just talking. And they said, uh, well, you better keep it up. And I said, well, I'm just, you know, I was kind of brushing it off. I said, "Eh, I'm a comedian. I'm just doing my job, you know, getting paid, talking. And they said, no, seriously, it's important what you're doing. Keep doing. I've never experienced that in 25 years of being a C-list celebrity. No talk about funny, no talk about remember this episode, only talk about it's important what you're saying, keep saying it. You must get that a ton. Yeah, I mean, I don't go, I don't go anywhere really um, <laughs> anymore. I live in really rural areas and don't leave, but whenever I do leave, yeah, I do get that, and it makes me sad because as like you, I I just talk. I don't actually do anything. I mean, in my in my personal life, I try to. You know, I've got a million hobbies. I like to like you. I like to build, et cetera, which is doing something. Talking is not doing; it's talking. Right. But I think what they're saying is, bless you for living like it's 1985. Like this is still a free country. Saying what you really think, even if I disagree with you. There are a lot of people. I mean, the thing you need to. I know you know this, and you, I've heard you say it, but. This woke shit is not popular. Like, most people hate it. doesn't matter who you vote for, what color you are, how much you make. Like, most people think you should be able to say what you think. Period. Most people are not on board. This really is the Bolshevik revolution. We're being taken over by a small group of fanatics who've intimidated everybody else into obeying them. But it's not a popular movement. There's something popular. You know the term Latinx? I don't even know how to pronounce it. Latinx? Latinx? Whatever? Right, right. A bunch of pollsters twice. I've seen two different polls where they asked actual Hispanics, like, do you prefer this? And they're like, what? No. Spanish is a gendered language because it represents, you know, Latin American culture, which is very gender specific. And this is like another attempt by white liberals to steal our culture. No, of course not. Latinx? No. I'm Spanish or whatever they call it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, they're not on board. But you would never know that by watching television or consuming any any media. You know, it, it feels like, oh, it's a popular movement. That's totally untrue. So when you're one of the few people who dares, not even in a, in my case, I never say anything that's particularly innovative or anything. My whole job is to note the obvious. It's like very simple. But people are grateful to see even just a, just a glimmer of what the country used to be like. I mean, 30 years ago, I couldn't even make a living doing what I'm doing because it just wasn't interesting enough. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, no, I know. You're essentially, <laughs> so you're being called a a genius and a hero for stating the obvious in, in, a, in right, a sense, right? No, right? <laughs> literally, literally, if, if I had done this, this is totally true. I started in 1991, 52, this is all I've ever done. And if I had written the scripts that I write now in 1991, people would be like, okay, where's the value add? Like, why, why would I listen to this? <laughs> it's just like, don't you have, like, a new and interesting theory of the world? No, not really. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're, you're yeah. now, you know, essentially 
your your Gandhi fighting the English because you go well. There's a lab in Wuhan, and they they study these viruses, so maybe it got out of the lab. And all of a sudden, you're some kind of like pioneer genius hero. But it's like that's somewhere between no done, no shit. And the fact that you state that and that it's turned into something's insane. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's totally right. It's like, yeah, I'm not, you know, whatever. I mean, my views are remain kind of, you know, middle of the road, you know, Episcopalian, liberal, like, oh, you want to put on women's clothes and, you know, party down? Good for you. I don't care. doesn't bother me at all. You want to call yourself trans? I don't care. But wait, you're, you're, you're teaching my children in class that men can get pregnant? Oh, wait, I do care because that's insane. That's just not true. Well, And so, like, you yeah. can't force us to lie. On that, well, they can pressure you to lie, and many people succumb to the pressure. So there's where you get the hero status. But, you know, my view is not trying to perpetuate some hero status for myself. But I always say to people, what are my choices? You know what I mean? You're right, telling right. me up is down and down is up and right is left and left is right. And I'm just saying I disagree with that. That doesn't make me a hero. What are my choices? Agree to nonsense? Um, but exactly. here's here's an analogy, and we'll, we'll sort of weave it into the Latinx discussion that you talked about. Yes, as it turns out, the m- overwhelming majority of Latinos do not want to be called Latinx. And, you know, the overwhelming majority of uh, women don't want to be referred to as, as birthing people, uh, speaking of, you know, transgender and all that. So, all right. Every single guy at the track that I run into is not down with any of this, and I don't believe America is either. But let me draw this food-based analogy, and you tell me what you think of it. It just sort of hit me while you were talking, and let's see if maybe we can distill it down a little. What is going on right now is there's a pizzeria, and Bernie Sanders and AOC are in the back making pizzas. And they're telling everybody, put clams on those pizzas. And everyone goes, but I like pepperoni. And they go, yeah, but if you don't do the clams, we're going to call you racist. You could get fired from the pizzeria. Just do it. So then the pizzas start coming out with clams on it. And most of the patrons are going, I didn't sign up for this. I don't really like this. But there's a bunch of people standing with their arms folded, wearing mirrored glasses saying, you better say you like this pizza and do it. And then most people go, oh, uh, yes, overlord, I enjoy this pizza. But as soon as they leave the pizzeria and they see me at the track, they go, you know what? I don't like that pizza. I just want to keep my job. I want to be able to come back to the pizzeria. That's what it feels like to me. Well, but that is a, that's, that's a perfect analogy, and it just makes me so frustrated hearing it because there's no obvious solution. I mean, this, the only solution is for people to say, I'm not making the pizza. But they work there, and they need the money. Right. So what you have is a small group of people who have a hammerlock on the entire country. And it's it's the least democratic form of government imaginable. This is not a democracy. Obviously, the public does not get what it wants time and again. It's an oligarchy run for the benefit of a few. I can't believe I'm saying that. It sounds so... I mean, when I was a kid, that would have been like a left-wing talking point, and I would have laughed at it. But it, I just have... I've decided that that must be clearly... That's clearly true. I don't know the other explanation. Yeah. Like, it won't change until people decide it's not worth working at a pizzeria. 
that right. does that. It's just not. Right. Or if you're in the pizzeria, stand up and announce you don't like clams on your pizza and stick with your story. Right. Yeah. And it's it's amazing how fear is so prevalent and sort of it's fear meets self-preservation, which is I just want to get along. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to be ostracized from society. And these people know it and they know. I mean, it's basically calling everyone a racist. No one's a racist, but everyone has such an innate fear of being called that or labeled that that they'll just bend to the whim of whoever's pointing the finger at them. Yes. That's it. But you wonder why people are afraid of that. I mean, there are certain things that I am afraid. Like, I've, I've always had the tendency to overeat. I do love pizza, clam or pepperoni. <laughs> As noted, I love chocolate croissants. I always gain too much weight. I always have to lose it. If anybody ever says, geez, you gained a lot of weight, oh, it hurts my feelings because it's true, right? Right. So I'm sensitive to that because it's real. But when someone calls me a white supremacist, wherever the hell that is, or a racist or a white national, I'm like, what? No, I don't feel that way. I never have felt that way. I've never mistreated anybody. I would never do that. I think it's totally wrong to mistreat people because of their skin color. My God, it's like the wrongest thing. So when they call me that, I'm like, you clearly, you're not sincere. Like, you, I've, there's no reason. Like, that's not true. You know it's not true. You're just trying to control me. So why would I care? That's the thing I don't get. If why do people care so much? Because I really don't. I mean it. No, I look. I I agree. I always say it, uh, all roads lead to narcissism. This is what's going on. If you read three tweets about yourself yeah. and they're not flattering, That's then right. you will alter your course. But the people that care so much don't have jobs like you and I. They work for defense contractors and they work at Silicon Valley and they work in, in media and they work uh, in Hollywood and they will have their livelihood removed from them. I was actually talking to Dr. Drew today because I uh, talk to Dr. Drew quite frequently. We both try to figure out what's going on in this crazy world of ours. And I was saying, you know, I think the reason actors in Hollywood are the wokest of the woke is because they have no job security. If you think about being an actor, yeah. you don't have one job. You have 45 jobs. The job you have is going to last another seven weeks, and then you need another job. So, of course, you must be the most vocal and on the side, the right side of all these subjects. Otherwise, you will not get the next job. So you always think, like, why are celebrities, why are they the biggest bloviators? Why do they talk so much? It's not because they're actors. It's not because they're performers. It's because they need their next job. When you have a job yeah. working in a factory and you've been there for 31 years, you're not really that worried about it. But think about acting and then think about one thing like you just an actor just comes out and says i disagree with climate change i don't buy it okay no job six weeks from now right well that's literally true right and you work for yourself as i've told you a thousand times going to see the world physically the world that you live in that you've created where you can do your art is was life-changing for me because i realized People who have full control over their own jobs are way more creative, way happier, and way freer. And they, they're more creative and happier because they are freer. 
And I, I just feel like that's got to be the goal for all of us. I mean, I'm in this weird position where I work for the Murdoch family, and they're just committed, completely committed, for real. They're not just saying it, obviously. They're committed to freedom of speech, like traditional values of a publisher. You know, we believe in the open exchange of ideas, and, and they're, they're not kidding at all. I mean, I say things all the time. I don't even know what they believe politically, but I know for a fact that they've never a single time told me to rein it in. And I'm positive I must have said a million things they disagree with, but they've never said anything to me because that's how committed they are to freedom of speech. They're the only publishers left in America who feel that way. They're the only ones. That's it. Just them. And so I'm in this weird, lucky position where I work in legacy media, but I'm free. You are the model for the future. If people want to be free, they have to control their own lives to a much greater extent than they do now. They cannot work for Oracle, I'm sorry, or Citibank. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. I know. And unfortunately, you're talking about, you know, 93% of the population, at least under the old model. So there's going to have to be some sort of new model. But uh, as I always say to my son, who thinks a lot like me, I always tell him, that's fine, but you better be really goddamn good at what you do. Because <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. Because <laughs> they they can't cancel yeah, you, you if you're really good. Uh, well, let's let's talk uh, as we always do. We like to uh, take a little turn for this sort of psychological. And uh, you know, every time I turn on the TV, somebody's calling you, you know, the next Hitler, and they sort of they sort of split their time between hating Trump and now hating you. They used to be sort of full time with Trump, but now he's golfing and off of Twitter. So a lot of the focus is shifting toward you. And you're if you're paying attention, you're hearing things that would be psychologically debilitating to most human beings, turning on the TV and hearing horrible things about yourself, not inaccuracies about news coverage, but just what a horrible human being you are. And I know that you realize that there's no possible way you could monitor that and stay sane and do your job or effectively do your job, essentially say what you want to say. So, and I know, I know your life. I know, you know, living in the pool house with your wife and your dogs and uh, taking the shower and taking a leak in the hedge every day and being completely tuned out. But also a couple of weeks ago, obviously while you're, staying with your ethos of getting back to nature, some guy confronts you at a tackle shop and starts calling you the worst person ever born. What do you do with that psychologically? Like, how do you handle that? Well, I don't, I mean, as you know, I, I really rarely experience it. I don't own a television, so I'm not going to ever see any coverage of myself. Um, I live in very rural places and I have a really big family and a close relationship with everybody in it. And I have four dogs who I think love and respect me. So, like, my life is as happy as it could be because my relationships are happy. So I don't – why would I ever allow someone I don't know to have power over my emotional state? That's insane. Would you give a child a loaded handgun? No, because it's crazy. So I would never do that. And I don't go on social media. So I'm fine. Getting hassled in the fly shop in Livingston, Montana, where I've been – you know, for many years I've fished. It's a Paradise Valley, Montana is one of the best trout fishing places in the world. And I go there every year and usually bring one of my kids. And we always stay in some crappy motel. We always stay in some crappy motel and drive around in a pickup and 
you know, go just fish. And it's just really fun. And I always go to this one fly shop, which has been there for almost 100 years. It's a great fly shop. And so to get hassled there in front of one of my children, in front of my daughter, I just, I was really rattled by it. I mean, I'm just being honest. I was rattled by it because it was just so crazy. I mean, who would do something? And I said, the guy's like, you're the worst person. I was like, okay, got it, got it, got it. You're not a fan. I got it. But my daughter's right here. He goes, I don't give a shit. And I thought, oh, man, I wish I had a gun because, you know, I mean, that's how I felt. I mean, I would have shot the guy. And I'm not defending that. I'm just saying that's how I felt. I mean, you're attacking me in front of my daughter in a fly shop? It's such a massive violation of everything that I think is good and decent about the world. I mean, I could be in there. I mean, if Chairman Mao was in the fly shop trying to find the perfect caddis imitation, I would not hassle him in front of his daughter. I just, I'm not, I think that's wrong. So, um, you know, I'm glad I didn't have a gun. I don't believe in violence, but that's how upset I was by it um, and how shocked I was. And I just thought, you know, this is a, it's a bad sign, actually. I mean, my daughter's fine. She's certainly dealt with a lot of that in her life, unfortunately, but, um, but she doesn't understand that it wasn't always this way at all. I mean, I lived in Washington for 35 years in D.C. around a ton of people who I thought were doing really bad things to the country, and I was always polite to them. I knew Ted Kennedy. I always liked Ted Kennedy. I mean, he killed a woman, literally, and, you know, signed the 1965 Immigration Act and pushed Roe v. Wade and did all stuff that I don't agree with, but that didn't prevent me from having dinner with him and listening to him and enjoying his company or trying to see the good in him or seeing him as a person. I mean, I'm for that. I mean, in fact, if there's one thing I'm for, it's that. But that seems to be really difficult for a lot of people right now. I think social media are driving it. I really do. I think they're, it's. I think the, the the communication medium itself is dehumanizing, totally dehumanizing. And I mean, I can kind of see where this is going. Like this is moving in a darker direction. I think than most people are willing to admit. Um, and it's being driven by technology. I mean, again. As I, as I said a minute ago, I'm a master of the obvious. Like, I, I never have new and fresh insights. I, like, four years after the fact, I'll come to the, the obvious conclusion, um, and that's the conclusion I've come to. But I, I'm very concerned about where this goes, aren't you? Yeah, I, I am. I mean, I'm also kind of hopeful, sort of loosely based on everyone coming up to me and thanking me and people starting to kind of stand up and push back and... Um, many of the images you'll see on your show of a school board meeting where some mother stands up and says she doesn't want critical race theory taught to her, you know, fifth grader. So it is kind of awakening the sleeping giant, which is really just sort of the middle of this country and how most folk think, you know, but it's sad that it sort of has to be provoked, you know, that the only reason so many people are now animated with this is because they've been pushed to a sort of a what they what I would perceive as a sort of a breaking point. You know, I think they can put up with X amount of being told to say Latinx or, you know, boulders being removed from a college campus because uh, the boulders racist or some or some such nonsense. But eventually people hit a sort of saturation point. And I think we're seeing more of that now. Uh, but how old is your daughter, by the way? She's 26. She's my oldest, one of my favorites. Can I just say something I've noticed? I'm, I'm sorry mm. to say this out loud, but I can't, I can't control myself. I get a lot of texts 
from people, you know, who say, I know someone who's standing up the system. They're almost all women. Mm-hmm. Like we, this, the falling testosterone thing is totally real. Mm-hmm. Like where are the, where are the men exactly? Well, I'm a serious question. Like where are the men? Like you have to take this medicine or wait, what? No, you know, I'm totally for vaccines. I, I, I like this vaccine, but you're not allowed to tell me what I have to inject in my body. Like, no. How about that? No. And it's all women who are doing it. I, I just was texting this morning with a nurse in Georgia who was telling me I'm quitting my job because I'm a nurse. I treat COVID patients. I believe in vaccines. I, I'm a highly informed person. I'm part of the medical community. I've been a nurse for a long time. I'm quitting because they're forcing me to take the vaccine. And that's I'm not going to violate my conscience, period. But I don't hear too many men doing that. Like, maybe America's gone crazy because the men are so passive and so weak that maybe we need pregnant fighter pilots to defend us. Like, I don't know. Something's going on with gender that's very profound well, and, deep, and nobody is mentioning it. Well, far be it uh, for me to plug my book, but 12 years ago, I wrote a book called In 50 Years, We'll All Be Chicks. I mean, it has been... Yes, I remember well. It has been 10 years plus. And I, like you, just kind of state the obvious that people people think what... I get praise because I just notice the obvious before it's obvious to other people. So that's yeah. all I... And so I was, you know, I was contracted to write a book, same as you are, same deal, write a book. And then you go, okay, what's the book going to be about? Well, for me... I, I don't write politics and I don't, you know, it's just a blank slate. I could write a book about anything I want to write. And I decided to title the book in 50 years will all be chicks because obviously I was ruminating on this for a long time over a decade ago and it has come to fruition. And I think there's two parts of this because I agree with you. There's something going on. And it can't solely be on a sociological level. There has to be some biology involved with this. And, you know, testosterone is going down. Sperm count is going down. A lot of people, I talked to Dr. Drew about this uh, on many occasions, uh, surmise that maybe it's all the plastics. That if you think about the amount of plastic that you would come in contact with as a kid, once a year, you'd go to KFC and you'd get a spork, and that was made of plastic. But now it's water bottles and totes, and it's filled in every car, and every we're completely surrounded by plastics. And there's doctors that think that the plastics are lowering the testosterone in males, and once that happens, you're going to see more women standing up at those school board board meetings, then you're going to see males. I think that's what, part of what we're experiencing right now. I don't think there's any question, and I was so distressed about it. Um, well, there's no question that it's happening, and the plastics explanation seems as plausible as any other. So I asked one of my producers, let's see what NIH, like what studies are they funding on this? And they were funding studies on every pot, you know, all the studies used to justify killing beagles. Of course, they love killing beagles for some reason. And then all these useless studies, and then all these studies on, you know, how we can create, you know, an environment where women can make more. Okay, got it. There were no studies that my producers find, not one, on falling testosterone levels. And you're like, so that's not a big deal? Like, we've had something that's been pretty constant for all human history, and in 30 years it changes by, like, 
eighty percent, and that's not concerned for you for some reason. I mean, it's it's actually when I when I heard that, I was like, okay, this. I don't think this is intentional. I don't think it was you know some government program to emasculate men, but I do think the people in charge are pretty happy with the results. I do think that, and that's dark. Well, it's interesting. I would, you know, I have a little experiment going on inside my home because I have twins, boy-girl twins. So I have two 15-year-old twins. My girl is deeply concerned with what people think of her, what society, classmates, and the like think of her. Deeply concerned. You know, my son, I have to wrestle with him every morning just to get him to drag a comb through his hair or not wear the same stinky T-shirt he wore the last three days. So one group, I would say, you know, look, everyone cares what others think of them. But I would I would suggest that women, especially with the society we've created, care more. They're the ones who spend so much time at the salon and have the work done and put the makeup on before they leave the house and match the belt with the shoes. Um, they're not just walking around like you and, you know, flip flops and board shorts and, uh, and a T-shirt. So women care. And if you sort of think about it, with social media, the group you will get is a feminine group. I mean, they care more about what's going on. And as men start to transition, and I'm not talking about Caitlyn Jenner, I'm just talking about going from X amount of levels of testosterone and sperm counts to markedly lower levels of both, it would suggest that as we start to go there, then a lot of the characteristics that women traditionally had would be shared by a larger group of men. I think that's really wise. I think that's totally true. Um, you know, if you talk to anybody, any man, older man, who's had hormone therapy for prostate cancer, so prostate cancer, certain kinds of it are very slow-growing, as you know, and surgery can be really disruptive. It can cause incontinence and impotence. So sometimes doctors say, look, let's just, let's just lower your testosterone level, and that will slow the growth of the cancer. Okay, that, That's a feature of a lot of prostate uh, treatment, prostate cancer treatment. Talk to anyone who's gone through this and ask, how has your personality and your behavior changed since your testosterone level has fallen? And they'll, I mean, they'll tell you. I'm probably not going to say it out loud because it's a little bit embarrassing, but it's like a stereotype. Like they instantly become much more like, just being candid, the unflattering stereotype of women. Right. And that tells you a lot. Like I agree with you completely. This is not social, merely social change that we're looking at. This is social change that is following physiological change. And if you don't see that as an emergency, then, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, it's, I think it's very sinister not to see this as an emergency. Honestly, I do. Well, I, the funny, I'll leave you with this note, but one of the tweets I sent out that got the most people angry is I said uh, more American males now wear bracelets than eat stew. And it made everyone insanely angry. But I've been watching this sort of tr very slow non-surgical transition in men and how it has affected now policy.
It's literally bleeding yeah. into all facets of our life. Well, uh, so, Tucker, let me just uh, give a plug for the book and make sure you're all uh, taken care of. Uh, I'm still endlessly fascinated in uh, you not having a TV set <laughs> and you going about your life. And do you think I've always I've always said the reason I think there's so much ire toward you is because you've made it clear that you don't care and you're not listening to them. Is that do you suspect that that's a lot well, of the I don't, ire? I don't fully understand the outlines of their ire because I don't consume any of it. I don't I don't come across it too much, but I have the feeling that if you construct an entire system of which you are the beneficiary that is based on lying, anyone who refuses to go along with the lies must be destroyed. And I and I've got to say the rea- like hammering pe- you know arresting people with fake vaccine cards at the same time that you're letting in tens of thousands of unvaccinated foreigners illegally, like, what does that tell you? You're clearly not, wor- it's not a, it's not a public health response. It's not like you think the fake vaccine card is actually going to kill people. Cause if you thought that you wouldn't be letting in unvaccinated Guatemalans, right? Obviously. No, what you're doing is crushing anybody who refuses to obey as a lesson to everybody else. It's like, during the Algerian War, the French would, you know, famously take three guys up in a helicopter and throw the first one out, and the other two would talk. It's for the encouragement of the others, just so you know what the rules are. So anybody who stands up gets put down. And, you know, I would have been put down, but I just have this completely accidental luxury that I didn't earn but fell into of working for a company that guarantees me and really means it. Obviously, at this point, they really mean it freedom of speech so like they can cancel all my advertisers okay you know they're still i'm still employed there so it's because they can't control what i say even though nothing i say is ever radical because i'm not radical i'm like totally moderate i just want to live in 1985 again that's it that's not a big ask that's not radical by the way this was a happy free country a, a country where the races got along it was like a nice country in 1985 i know you remember you were, I think, digging footers for a bridge in South Central that year. <laughs> yeah. And, but like, they, but they can't handle it because anybody who doesn't read the script is a massive threat. Because holy shit, what if other people stop reading the script? Then the whole thing falls down. And then you know, Emory University no longer has a funded gender studies department. Like, this is a huge risk. Well, keep fighting the good fight, my friend. The name of the book, The Long Slide, 30 Years in American Journalism, available everywhere, Amazon and and beyond. Tucker, uh, I hope to see you soon, my friend. Always good to catch up. Thanks, Adam. I really appreciate it. Good to talk to you, man. Always good to talk to you. Tucker Carlson. Now, let me tell you about uh, Edmonds. Oh, man. Car market. Pretty damn competitive out there. Yeah, a lot. I just got back from uh, from Monterey weekend. A lot of nice offerings from a million different brands out there. And uh, Edmonds, they uh, they can de-stress you from the entire shopping process. They've been doing it for 50 years. They do deep dives into these cars. They do long-term tests. They get the cars. They pay for the cars. They're not... Uh, they're not they're not getting paid by the manufacturers. You get a completely unbiased look at these cars. They drive them 
and then they tell you what works, what doesn't work, and which one you should get. Their editors uh, drive over half a million miles every year. They conduct thousands of hours of tests on hundreds of vehicles. Once you've narrowed down your list, Edmunds makes it easy to search for the cars in your area. Get accurate estimates so you know just how much to pay. And they'll connect you with local dealers and set up test drives or purchases. It's Edmunds, right, Dawson? Shopping for a car can be overwhelming. Edmunds is here to guide you to your perfect vehicle. Visit Edmunds.com to see their best car rankings and search for vehicles near you. That's E-D-M-U-N-D-S dot com for cars. There's Edmunds. All right. Well, that is the show. You can go to AdamCarolla.com for all the live shows everywhere because I'm going all over town. You can uh, check out our Pluto TV channel, our chassis channel, 687 is what it is. And until next time, Sam Corolla for Gina and Bald and Tucker and Dustin saying mahalo. I'm a Cuomo-sexual. Follow the Adam Carolla Show on Twitter at Adam Carolla Show. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Carolla. Leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744. Catch Gina Grad on the podcast, Easy Listening, Bald Brian on the podcast, The Film Bald, and the rest of us on The Water Cooler. For tickets to see the Ace Man, and they always go fast, visit adamcarolla.com. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about you bundle? Bundle your policies at GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at GEICO. That is GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Pluto TV is playing the biggest movies every night this summer for free. Watch hit movies like The Matrix, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Scary Movie, Runaway Bride, and more all summer long. Check out the biggest stars like The Rock, Keanu Reeves, Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and more. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of free TV channels in English and Spanish featuring TV shows, news, sports, comedy, and more all for free. Download the free Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device, including Android and Apple smartphones. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free.